Blog Talk Radio. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. <laughs> one, 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 two, Again, 646-478-0356. This is an interactive show. We ask that you not just listen to the show, but be a part of the show. Participate in tonight's discussion. There's a couple of ways you can do that. You can log into our chat room. Our chat room is always open and interactive. Create a profile for yourself and participate in tonight's show. Uh, you can also hit us up if you're on Facebook. Just go to Facebook.com backslash Dead End Sports, like our fan page, become a fan, keep up with our updates and everything else on the Facebook page. Um, If you're on the Internet, check out our website, deadendsports.com. Keep up with the latest and greatest information on there as well. Uh, If you're on Instagram, follow us on Instagram, Dead End Sports. Uh, If you're on Twitter, definitely, definitely follow us on Twitter, at Dead End Sports. You can also follow us individually on Twitter. Follow me at 12Kyle, the number one, two, K-Y-L-E. You can follow FIFO at FIFO247. You can follow Ken at K-B-I-N-G-E. And you can follow Beezy at B-E-E-Z-Y 430. Remember, this show is being broadcast live each and every Tuesday night. So in the event you cannot listen to the show live, make sure that you check out the archives at blogtalkradio.com backslash Dead End Sports. You can also check it out on Stitcher as well as iTunes. And also, if you're on YouTube, make sure that you go to youtube.com backslash Dead End Sports and check out our YouTube channel. We've got a lot of videos up, more videos to come. We shot two videos last night. Should be up in the next couple of days. Uh, So make sure that you check that out. Not just watch the, the videos, but make sure that you subscribe to the channel. And more importantly, tell a friend. Pass the word about the best sports talk show, the place where sports opinions collide, Dead End Sports. Man, we got so much to cover. Honestly, we <laughs> I don't know how we'll get it all covered in, in, in a two-hour span, but we're definitely going to do our best. Uh, of course, I'm not going to be doing this show alone. going to be joined by my partners in crime, man. Let's bring them on. First, let's, let's start with the beat maker of the crew, my man, Beezy. Beezy, what up, though? What up, though? What's good, Kyle? Chilling, 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 man. What's up with you? Uh, no, just you know, watching, watching some sports. You know, just some, some watch on TV, watching a little bit of sports. What true, I do on true, TV true. Tonight, you know. Yeah, man. I wasn't sure if I was gonna make it, man. I, I literally just walked in the house like as soon as the show came on. Oh wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had football practice, man, with my son. So, um. They're playing in a little uh, tournament game this weekend, so man, I, I literally like just walked in the house. I mean, like I was, and I was I was like on Browns Mill, so I, I left Browns. Man, I made it okay, over here. Yeah, I made it home at like 
Yeah, I made it home in like 15 minutes, surprisingly. Yeah. Also, too, I just want to say, um, if you know, for those who follow us, you know, check out. <laughs> we just posted on the dead end a little preview oh my of Mike Seatown, <laughs> you know, uh, laying up the ball on a basketball court. So, <sighs> you know, we I'm pretty sure we all tweeted the dead end sports account tweeted. I tweeted it. If you follow us, check it out. Yeah, I tweeted it, too. Get your laugh on. Get your laugh. Oh on. my God! Yeah, I, I got to put it on the on the Facebook page and my personal Facebook page too. Yeah, Mike C. Town, man, we were shooting videos last night, dead in sports video shot. I, I was actually fortunate enough to join you guys, man. I definitely appreciate it, man, uh, for the dead in hip hop shoot uh, for the Shady Cipher review that should be coming out in a few days or so. Um, definitely a pleasure to be there for that. So Mike C. Town stuck around, man. And uh, we actually caught Mike Seatown. And for those of you who don't know Mike Seatown, Mike Seatown is not athletic, and he doesn't follow sports at He's all. He's not in the sports, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so crazy. to see him try to do a layup on a basketball course where we were last night at Central Park, downtown Atlanta, comedy, man. Just pure comedy. Yeah. I mean, funniest part of the night, man. Funniest part yeah, of the night. And also, also, shout out to Mike Seatown for sticking around and, like, oh, no being doubt, there no for doubt. You know, you're talking about somebody who don't even who's not even interested, don't even know what we're talking about. But for him to stay there and chill out and get a good laugh watching us shoot our uh, daddy's sports video, I mean, shout out to Mike Stan for being a true. Yeah, no doubt. And you know, I didn't know Mike was that far away from sports till Mike asked me. He, when he asked. He said, "Well, he said, well, who's yeah. Tim Duncan?" When he asked who Tim yeah. Duncan was, I was like, okay, he, yeah. he really ain't into sports at all. <laughs> yeah, he's not. He, yeah, that's just not his thing. But, yeah, oh, he's no saying, doubt. Though, and that, that's what's up. Man, major props to Mike Seatown for for hanging out with us last night. Uh, next up, let me bring in the beat maker. Not the beat maker. Let me bring in Professor X of the crew. My man, Ken. Ken, what's good, man? Hey, what's good, fellas? What's going on? Chilling, 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 man. What's up with you? Nothing, man. Just finished watching... Uh, you know, the show The Flash, man, uh, just hanging with the family a little bit, uh, watching um, watching that, man, and, and they were around here putting up the, the Christmas tree. So, oh, really? Um, yeah, man, yeah, you know, Christmas come early every year, man, but, um, yeah, so uh, this was actually, I think, the one that they had at the baby shower, so it's like this okay. white Christmas tree, so it, it looks really, really nice, so um, it was it was uh, my wife, my, mo- uh, my mother-in-law, and then my son uh, was helping uh, them do that. And, and me and my father-in-law, we were in there watching The Flash. Um, so, yeah, man, it was it, it was cool, man. Had the new Earth, Wind, and Fi- Fire album, Holiday, playing in the background, which is uh, which is a great album. Old school. Old school. Yeah, yeah. If you're old school, um, I, I, you know, this is their first ho- Holiday slash Christmas album. Ever. They have not put out one. I just found it out tonight. Um, my father-in-law is a big-time Earth, Wind, and Fire, uh, you know, fan. So, and, uh, yeah, he, he told me tonight, man, this is the first Christmas album they've ever done um, since they've been around. Since then. And if wow. you know anything about Earth, Wind, and Fire, it's, it's amazing uh, to even hear something like that, considering, you know, how, how intense right. they are. Right, 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 right. Yeah, so, um, but it, it, it it's a great, it's it's a really, really good album, man. I think it feels good, especially for the season. You know, if you know most Christmas albums are really, really slow and kind of drag, and, and while they're mm-hmm. traditional, you know, which which is fine. I mean, like, one of my favorite albums is Boys Men's Christmas Interpretations, but that song doesn't have any up-tempo songs on it at all. Um, right. But, 
you know, and that's early boys, man. That's like 90s boys, man. That's when they had that soul in them. Um, mm-hmm. so that's my favorite albums. Like, I can listen to that at any point in the year. But what I like about this one is that, you know, they, they, they took their old songs and they flipped them, but they have a mixture of, I, I guess there's some ballads on there, but it's more of a mid-tempo, up-tempo type, um, type of song on there. Which is really good because it keeps you know it keeps things vibrant and exciting and moving and you know it's just not all really you know just kind of you know just kind of slow and dragging so uh, that's what I really like about that because it gives a good feel to to a household so um, so yeah man I mean if you guys I know Christmas coming man you guys should definitely go out and and check it out if you guys are into the old school like that which I everybody listening to this show should be because if you're not something wrong with you. So, uh, so yeah. Anyway, you know what? That's gonna be my my album of the week, man. It's not hip hop, okay. but okay. Who's to say in the fire? Who's to say? Man, look. Let me tell you something about hip hop. And B knows this. Kyle, you know this too. A lot of hip hop was born out of the seventies and the music oh, no and, yep. and stuff like that. So, yep. you know what? This gonna pass, man. So y'all rock with that. Earth, Wind, and Fire, the first holiday album, and it's and it's called Holiday. So go out and scoop it up, man, and check it out. It's, it's a good album. Yeah, you can't you can't go wrong with the elements. That's that's what we call it growing up. The elements: earth, wind, and fire. Wind and fire. Yep. Uh, the phone number to call in six four six four seven eight zero three five six. Again, six four six four seven eight zero three five six. Before we get into sports, we would be remiss if we did not talk about it. We're gonna touch on it briefly. Uh, if we did not talk about the, uh, the decision that came down last night, as I mentioned earlier, we were actually shooting. Uh, both Dead End Sports and Dead End Hip Hop videos last night when the decision was rendered. Uh, you all know, unless you've been out of you know out of the country or out of the world for the last 24 hours, uh, the decision, the verdict came down. Uh, Darren Wilson was not indicted on any charges in the uh, horrendous murder uh, against uh, Mike Brown in uh, Ferguson, and subsequently there was an outbreak of violence and, um, you know, just raw emotions, not just on the streets, but all across the country. So I wanted to, before we get started, man, I wanted to kind of just get you guys' take. And I'll start first with you, B, just on, you know, what, just your, your gut feeling as to, you know, everything that transpired. Because we talked about it last night. We really didn't get into it. And, you know, it's kind of weird because we were, because we were shooting, we were, you know, actively busy. So we really probably didn't get a feel, really good feel for what was going on until we actually got to our homes and were able to, you know, check social media and things of that nature. So what, what was your, uh, what was your take on it, B? Oh man. Uh, I, I feel like the prosecution, I think they had enough to indict, indict him. I mean, for him not to be found guilty at all. I mean, the burden of proof on the state and conflict and statements, you know, it should have raised some doubt. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So, you know, of course, in America, at the same time, I'm not shocked. I think we we were talking about it. It was like, okay, all this, all this dragging and postponing the the, the announcement, you know, four hours and from the original time. I'm like, okay, here we go on this BS again. So it's just like right. it just shows you, man. In America, it's like, you know, coming from a black man myself, it's like a black man's life is not really worth nothing. You you can kill a man, a black man, and, and, and not suffer the consequences, you know what I'm saying, in America, which is, is, is kind of sad. And, you know, and, of course, we spoke about it in the, in our uh, police brutality video uh, on Dead End Hip Hop. You know, we spoke about that. We had a conversation about that. And it's like, mm-hmm. you know, this police brutality, it, it, just, it has to stop. It, it's like it's us against them. I mean, whatever happens to protect the third, you know, and it's like 
in the past, you know, you've seen it in the past, you know, four years, especially. I mean, it's been, don't get me wrong, it's been going on forever. But, like, for the past really, like, three or four years, man, it's just really intensified. And you to seeing the lives of innocent people, you know, mainly black, but also, you know, you got, you got some Hispanics and Asians or whatever as well, you know, being harassed and being, being their life put in danger by, you know, the law enforcement. But... You know, this is crazy, man. This is this is this is it's like insane. It's just like how much more can we take this? You know what I'm saying? It's just like golly, for I feel I feel so so bad for you know for the Brown family and and but you know what? And 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 I really commend them for kind of keeping their head strong and still trying to try, out of all of this negativity going on in the, in the town of Ferguson and 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 everybody wants wanting them to be violent. It's like it's crazy that they they're still like seeing the positive and want to. And want want to tell their people that hey, let's still try to find a solution for this. Let's not go up and tear up stuff. So for them, to, for for parents, for and I'm not even a parent, but to be a parent and for your to go through this and to still have like that, hey, let's teach our people, let's 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 uplift our people. I think that's amazing. I mean, I really think that's amazing. You know, just for, coming from the parents and and the way they 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 mind state is thinking right now. Um, but yeah, it's it's awful, man. It's, it's really unfortunate. You know, it's just like. Again, you know, right. people, you know, Trayvon Martin, um, what's my man that happened in Oakland, California that got killed? Uh, by Oscar the, Grant. Uh, no, not Oscar Grant. Not Oscar Grant. It happened like about maybe three years ago in Oakland. Um, they did a movie about it, uh, uh, Spookville Station. You know, that. Yeah. I mean, that situation. Dude got killed. Mm-hmm. The police officer thought it was a, it was a taser and it was, a, you know, it was a gun. Shot him dead while he was handcuffed facing down to the ground. I mean, it's just like, come on. Yeah, you, then you got the guy in New York. They got choked out. It's, it's just... God, it's, it's it's almost it's almost he's starting to be numb to this situation. It's like, right? Okay, well, another another you know another uh, black uh, innocent black male you know uh, uh, killed for really no apparent reason. You know what I'm saying? Not armed. You know, did not not pose life onto the officer like that. But it's just God, you just starting to be numb. It's almost kind of be like, well, what's next? I mean, what are they gonna start doing now? Killing young females? You know what I'm saying? So. Right, it's, it's crazy, man. It, it's really crazy. It's unfortunate. I really think the prostitution. I think they could have definitely done more to, to at least at least have it going to trial. Like, but for nothing, like you can't even go into trial. Nothing. It's a wrap. Like you can't do nothing. That's it, it, crazy. I mean, that's crazy. No doubt. No doubt. No doubt. We touched on it a little bit last night. Ken, what, what, what's, what's your take on it, man? Uh, you know, it feels like there's a war. On, on black people um, And I know that that's a strong statement mm-hmm. And I know that You can tell me it's an inaccurate statement And I probably wouldn't argue with you Considering a lot of the cases that have happened um, Were each different in their own right um, But it just kind of feels that way because every time you look up, something is happening, and the reasons behind the events that happen are are minor, or they shouldn't happen, or um, or, or just plain silly. So it seems like at this point, most people feel like they can do something to a black male and walk away. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's that. I feel that I really need another show. Because I could talk about this all night. <laughs> I, I really will. But um, last night, you know, I, in my heart of hearts, 
I knew they were not going to indict him. Um, yep. We we saw the state of emergency and all of the yep. things that he's doing to prepare for it. Dragging it out. Giving the announcement at a prime time, you know, hour. Um, and even though I publicly said to you guys that I think they would, I was just holding out hope. You know, right. deep down, pushing that they would at least send him to trial. And, hey, look, there's a trial. He walked like Zimmerman. We put our, our faith in the courts, and the courts let us down, but at least we got that far. You know, that you showed that there you care a little bit. But uh, I didn't get a to not Right. Right. Like you said, to not do that. You know, um, and part of the reason why that happened is because the trial took place during the grand jury. Yeah, yeah, and, exactly. And I didn't hear what was said because we were out shooting. I um, I didn't spend a lot of time on Twitter last night because I knew it was going to be a lot of uh, a lot of crazy things being said. But I listened to it today, and I was listening to the things that the chief was saying. Um, and how you and I we watched How to Get Away with Murder, mm-hmm. and what one of the things she said, you discredit the witnesses. Bam, yeah, came you discredit out right the witnesses. Yep, came out. So I was like, oh, okay, well, we know what they're doing with this. And he started to run down, you know, the evidence that they had, and um, you know, that led to the to the faithful shooting of of that guy, of Mike Brown, and. I kind of doubt why there was no indictment with the way the evidence was, so I could see how that can instill, you know, some doubt within people within the grand jury, right? Beyond a reasonable doubt, um, I, I got it. The problem that I had that set me off, that brought Revolutionary Ken out, was when he had the nerve to say that Darren Wilson heard about the robbery and was on his way to investigate right. that like that, I am going to tell you here right now that that is a blatant lie, and there's nothing you can do to convince me otherwise because the police chief said that he had no idea he was involved. All of this video, you can watch it and you can hear it for yourself. This is an actual fact. He sat up there and he lied to the American public when he said that, but not that people won't go back and check and verify that. That's what set me off because now I know you're massaging this to fit your narrative that you want to tell while you've been leaking the, the news stories and this, that, and the other. And, um, and so so I, I just had an extreme problem with that. I like the hard questions that they asked him because he was pro-cop. It's he, he had a brother-in-law, somebody that was killed by a black, um, you know, so obviously he, he's not going to have any remorse. Um, he kept trying to blame, you know, everything. Oh, oh we should keep the conversations going, but couldn't offer up any way to, you know, help prevent this from occurring. Um, you know, and I, I thought that that was a, a little bit disingenuous with what he said. But, you know, all of that being said, you know, it's it just they were not going to send that man to trial. Um, because they're going to look out for their own. Uh, the police force is a majority white. The area is majority black. Um, so it's unfortunate. But I got to say this, man. I, and and um, I was talking to my father-in-law. He said that he was talking to a cop. And he said the cop, and they get into a situation like that, they're, they're trained. Two in the chest, one in the head. If you don't go down, you keep shooting. That kind of sounds like what happened. Um, mm-hmm. So 
if the, based on the evidence that they had, if and based on the uh, you know the testimonials, if Derek, if Mike Brown did turn around and start charging him like that, the way that he was shot, that's protocol for them, um, and that's just how they're trained. Here's what I want to say, and I think this is the problem. I think we have a lot to do ourselves when it comes to how we manage ourselves out in the public and how there's a certain sense of entitlement that we think that we have when certain things that, we, that you know, like, oh, you can walk in the street and you don't have to get out of the street and we feel like we can cuss the cops out, this, that, and the other, because we have quote-unquote rights. So I think right. there's a lot we got to culturally to, to change what's going on. Because that's one of the things that we're going to have to do to fight the systematic oppression that's 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 built to keep us down. But we gotta stop keeping ourselves down. That's number one. Number two, the riots, man. The, the riots. Look, the riots are a bane on this whole situation because all people are talking about are the riots. They're not talking about Darren Wilson. We, we're out there looking like freaking animals because we are having an emotional reaction to this, this this ruling that came out. And I understand that we, as a black community, we are hurting because there's Trayvon Martin, who was in a subdivision, uh, by the way. There's Jordan Davis, who was a good kid, by the way. Right, and then there's Jordan Mike Davis, that was the one, I think, yeah. Right, who's demonized. So uh, there's been this buildup of tension that's been coming because in each situation outside of Jordan Davis, we've seen where they've managed to walk. But rioting is not the answer, and that takes away for from any... It, it, it really impacts what we have to say in a negative light, man, and we have to do better. We have to respond better. So, you know, I, you're tearing up your own community. I have a problem with the bias, man, because it, it, it just detracts from any type of positive that could come out of the conversation. And look, like I said, I can go on and on about this. I, I'm going to leave it right there because I know we have a lot to talk about. But, right. you know, um, it's unfortunate what happened. Um, we just have to make sure, Cal, you have boys, I have boys. You know, we just have to make sure that we have a conversation with our kids on how to respect authority regardless of whether it's a cop or whatever, just respect authority in general and learn how to carry yourself and behave in the public because they will kill you and they will walk away and there's no punishment for that. And that's something that we have to realize and we have to understand as parents and as a community. We have enough evidence now to know that this will happen. Mm -hmm. Lying, preaching, all of this won't solve it. We have to solve it by getting our kids, by building a community, a village again, and starting to just raise our our community up, man. And and I, I'm going to stop there, man, because like I said, I <laughs> Hey, I, I feel you. I'm, I'm going to just end it there, man. I, I totally feel you. I, 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 I will say this much. Um, and like you said, we, we're gonna get to sports, man. I, I'm, I, we, like I said at the, in the beginning, we would be remiss if we didn't at least touch on it. And I know people would tune in to kind of, and, and sports 
the the one good thing about sports in this country is that it can be a diversion um, at times like this. You know, when you want to get it, because to be honest, if you watch CNN all day, if you watch Fox News or whatever station you watch, you know, you can really, really it it, it it'll have your, your your temperatures boiling or sit or you or maybe you'd be sitting there dumbfounded. Um, what I'll say is that I, I I was not surprised, but that does not remove me from being upset about it. Um, and there has to be a conversation, and there has to be a, a a vehicle in which, you know, we have these discussions, and and answers need to be said because I, there's nothing. It's and, and here's the thing: I I didn't think based on what I knew and what I heard, I didn't think that they'd get an indictment. Even if they got an indictment, I didn't think they'd find him guilty. But you know, because ultimately. It's just like with Trayvon Martin. It was George Zimmerman's words versus Trayvon Martin's words. Uh, it was um, Darren Wilson's words versus Mike Brown's words. The, the problem with that is that Mike Brown is not here to defend himself. You know, yep. uh, same with Trayvon Martin. That, dead, dead men can't testify, period, point blank. So um, it, it's unfortunate, man. I, I've got a lot to say, to be honest. I'm not going to spend any more time here saying it. Uh, if you want uh, and can be, you guys are more than welcome tomorrow. And, and I, you guys know I have my show on Wednesday night. I never, <laughs> I never do a show the Wednesday before Thanksgiving because you know everybody's you know with family and, and everything. But when this happened, I said, you know what, I got to do a show. So tomorrow night from nine to eleven, twelve radio show. You can check me out nine to eleven. We're talking about folks, and that's it. We're not, you know, I, I'm, if you want to call in. Call in. I'll let you talk as long as you want to talk. We, uh, we could do uh, uh, like a group chat line or whatever. It doesn't matter. And I'm encouraging anybody who wants to talk and vent, that will be the vehicle for two hours just uh, on my show tomorrow. So, um, you know, you guys feel free if you get time or if you just want to listen or whatever. You know, just anybody listening, you know, call into the show tomorrow and we'll definitely chop it up. Uh, the phone number to call in, 646-478-0356. Again, 646 646- Four seven eight zero three five six. Our boy FIFO is on the way. He's running a little late, so I know you you guys <laughs> probably wonder why you haven't heard from FIFO. But FIFO is running a little late, and he will be in just a second. Uh, getting to some sports. Um, this weekend there's a big game coming up uh, in the NFL. Uh, Tom Brady and the New England Patriots will face off versus. Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. Ironically, what I found out today was that this is the first time that these two have ever gone head-to-head, which is weird because you would think that with scheduling and things of that nature, as long as Brady has been in the league and as long as Aaron Rodgers has been in the league, that they would have played against each other, but they haven't. Um, So I'll start there with you, Ken. With these two teams facing off, uh, Green Bay playing really well right now, and and New England arguably is the hottest team in, in the NFL right now. Could this be a Super Bowl preview? Woo! Uh, wow. Um, yeah, it actually probably could be. Um, I, I, you know, we all know New England. New England is, is cooking right now, man. They're, they're boiling. Um, we've seen this before from them and you know at some point you're going to have a bad game you hope it's not in the playoffs but this could very well be a um a Super Bowl preview with the way both both teams are playing um I don't know if I'm 100% sold on um on, on Green Bay's defense 
And with what the Vikings managed to do with it with them by taking out Cobb and Jordy Nelson for much of that game by keeping you know safeties uh, split wide over the top, um, how how do they um, you know uh, adjust? What are the adjustments that they can make? And um, you know, and and they had to grind that one out. But again, I think what what helped them out in that game was uh, Ed Lacey finally returning to form, the boy. And looking like the top five, <laughs> top five guy that, that I think was at the beginning of the year. That the boy is coming on strong, man. So I don't know, maybe he was a little concussed earlier in the year. Right, he was trying to get over it. But uh, but anyway, because. Um, so yeah, it, it could very well be a Super Bowl preview, man. I, I it wouldn't put it past me to see these two teams um, go to the Super Bowl. So yeah, I, I can see that. No doubt, no doubt. What about you, B? Uh, do you think this could be a possible Super Bowl preview? Yeah, I think it can possibly be one because I mean I think <clears throat> both teams are are starting well, you know, at least like they seem like to be they they rolling at the right time of the year, you know, no late November, going in December, mm-hmm. making that last, you know, push for a division. Um and, you know, and it just seems like at this point, you know, Patriots, you know, we you can argue they're they're right now the hottest team, the best team right now in the league and not and in the AFC. So, you know, and if this and if the championship got if they got home field advantage throughout the AFC, I can definitely see them Coming out at the AFC, and same way with Packers. I think if if you got to go through Lambeau Field to to get to the Super Bowl, and the way Aaron Rodgers is playing, and then you know Ken's boy Eddie Lacy is starting <laughs> at the right time to look like a top five running back, you know, and you know we all know in, in playoff football, having a good established running game is important. So, oh no question, you know, and I said this too, just like Ken, you know, their defense still kind of concerns me, but. If Aaron Rodgers is if 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 you gotta raise Green Bay up to fifty, you know, I, 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 I mean that that's a good they got a good chance. It's hard to bet against Aaron Rodgers, man. You know, I, I just think with him playing lights out the way he is and the way they're scoring, you know, yeah, they had a little some struggles against the Vikings, but you know, normally divisional games are always kind of yeah. a little more intense than usual. You know, I don't give and take whether your whatever your record is, records kind of almost out the door when you're playing divisional games. I mean, let's look. The 9-1 and one Cardinals just lost to the to the Seattle Seahawks. You know what I'm saying? And their record is clearly way better than theirs right now. But, you know, the divisional right. games, man, it's, it's intense. So, you know, I, I, I can definitely see it. I mean, it's really going to be interesting to see, you know, this game that's coming up. That That's going to be my game of the week, really, um, is uh, the Patriots and the Packers. Just because I, I messed with Q earlier. I uh, tweeted him earlier and. um Asked him, you know, who he think was winning this game, and he had uh, Patriots winning thirty-four to twenty-one. So okay. you know, uh, you know, uh-uh. we're gonna see if, if, <laughs> if, <laughs> if uh-uh. yeah, I mean, you know, it, it can happen because we know what Patriots are capable of doing. I don't think that's gonna happen. I don't know. I don't think it's gonna be that. I think it's actually gonna be a little bit lower scoring than what we what we might anticipate it to be. Um, but hey, it, we could be. This could be a possible. Super Bowl preview that we're seeing. It could be. It's, it's a possible because I think both teams are are respectively playing their best ball right now in, they bo- in both of their conferences. In the a- mm-hmm. NFC, Green Bay, AFC, the Patriots. So, yeah, I mean, right now we can. But, you know, we still got a whole month left. We still got January playoff football. So, you know, it's, it's just fun. It's fun to talk about it. And, it's, and it's, 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 it's interesting that we're bringing this up because they're playing this week. So, I think that's cool. I think I think that's that that's my game of the week. I, that's one I'm going to definitely be turning in this Sunday. I, 
You know, you, you, you hit the nail on the head, B. I think uh, as far as game of the week, that game and obviously the uh, in college, I would say probably the Iron Bowl um, is, is Iron Bowl Auburn versus Alabama. We we all know what happened last year, we, and we're going to talk to touch on that uh, in a little while. Um, but, yeah, man, I, first of all, I was bugged out to find out that they have not, you know, that these two hadn't faced off head-to-head. That was interesting in and of itself. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But, uh, but, yeah, man, it, it's – it, but you're right. It's hard to say. I mean, it's it's, it's good to talk about right now. Uh, but it's it's hard to say that these two teams will definitely be in the play. Not, well, they'll be in the playoffs. That they'll make it to the Super Bowl. The reason being is that, and we've seen this, man, probably the last four or five years where there's always one team that gets the uh, that gets the bye, and then comes out of the bye and gets knocked out in the first round. And I yeah. think sometimes what happens is is that that particular team, especially once you've locked up the division, think about it like this for a second, right? You lock up the division with, let's say, two or three weeks to spare. So you start sitting your starters, right? You sit your starters, you know, or let's say you let them play, I don't know, the last two games, but they only play a half for the last two games. So they play a half of football to weeks uh, 15 and 16. Then you then you're off for a week. So in theory, your starters haven't really played a full game, a three, a, you know, going into their third week, you know. So and really, you really just can't turn it off and turn it on. Now, a team like the Patriots, I don't really see them doing that. I remember the year that they went 18 and one, um, where they had already had everything locked up. Uh, Bill Belichick, he played his starters all the way through. You know, even that last game of the season, of the regular season when they played against the Giants, he started, yeah. his starters played the whole game. He was, you know, he wanted his guys to stay. And, I don't, and, you know, people were saying, well, what happens if this guy gets injured or Brady gets injured or Moss gets injured? He's like, hey, we, we can't play like that. We, we have to keep a continuity. We have to keep guys fresh. We have to keep, man, and to be honest, you guys know, we, we, we all play sports. If you go into a week where you know that you're not playing or you're only going to play sparingly, as much as you say you're in it, you're not in it. I mean, like, I remember even, like, when I was in college and we were playing teams that we knew we were going to blow out, my preparation for that particular week, it wasn't the same because I knew mm-hmm. I was probably only going to play a half. So, you know, it was, you know, my thing was, okay, can I – can I, how, many pass, how many passes can I catch? Can I get a touchdown before they sit us down? You know, if we're up 30, if we're up 30 to nothing, they're either going to pull us or they're gonna, we're going to get to the point where we're not throwing the ball. So – um, I just think you know it, it's it's that's going to happen to one team. Whether or not it happens to the Patriots or the uh, or, or, or the Packers, I don't know. But I think it's this is a this very well could be a very good Super Bowl matchup. Um, I'm looking forward to like B said. It's, it's the, for me, it's the game of the week. I'm definitely looking forward to seeing it. Um, I think Aaron Rodgers right now, man, uh, he, he's playing lights out. He is really, really playing lights out. Um, that game is uh, it's going to be on CBS at 4:30. So, it's, and I think yeah, and it and it's the only four o'clock game. Uh, no, check, check, check. No, there's it's a four o'clock game on CBS. There's a four o'clock game in Atlanta here against uh, looks like Falcons and uh, Arizona. So those two games oh, will so be on the same. Oh, so there's only one four o'clock game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, so it'll be interesting to see how it plays out, man. But I, I think it's going to be um. It's gonna be it's gonna be a good battle, man. I, I if I had to give a prediction, I know you, you gave a score. I think it's gonna be high scoring, man. I, I'm looking at a 34-31 game, man. 34-31 game. Uh, I will give. 
I know the Packers are playing at home, man. I got to give the edge to Brady, man. Brady, they find a way, man. They, they Belichick just finds a way each week. So, um, we'll we'll see what happens, man. It should be a great, great game. And like I said, it, it could definitely be a preview uh, for the uh, Super Bowl coming up here in February. Phone number to call in. The, uh... Go ahead, go ahead, Ken. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I, you know what, man? I'm I'm going with the Packers, man. Um, I I think Aaron Rodgers he, he's gonna be turned up, man, for this game. Um, I do get I, I I feel where you're coming from. Like I I'm more Belichick scares me more than Brady, and and that sounds crazy a, a little bit, I know. But Belichick, man, he's he's like an evil genius. Um, and if there's a way. He can find a way to neutralize the pack if he'll find it. But um, I don't know, man. I, I think this is a great, great, great opportunity for Aaron Rodgers to go out and prove that he – many people are saying he's the best quarterback or the top five in the NFL. You got to go out and you got to beat the, the Mannings and the Bradys of the world. And if it's your first time playing, you, you got to go out and, and you got to put work in and do what you need to do. So – I got the Packers, man. It's in Lambeau, man. I'm going with the Packers. Okay, okay. We'll see what happens, man. Yep. We'll definitely see what happens. Six four six four seven eight zero three five six again. Six four six four seven eight zero three five six. Right now, let's jump to the phone line. Let's bring in the point guard of the crew, my man FIFO. FIFO, what's good, baby? Yo, yo, what up, Kyle? Chilling, chilling, man. What's going on with you? Man, just finished up with a client, man. Had to make that money, man. Sorry that hey, I ain't mad at you. I ain't mad at you at all. Yeah, we were just talking a little, uh, talking about this uh, this game coming up. Aaron Rodgers versus Tom Brady for the first time ever in their careers. Uh, how do you think this, gonna, this game is going to play out? We People are saying that it's a Super Bowl preview. Do you think it's a Super Bowl preview? I'm, I'm not sure. You know, I'm not, I'm not sure. I'm not. I'm not. I don't. I don't know if the Patriots can get past the Broncos. Um, but um, you know, for the first time ever, that that's kind of crazy. I think Aaron Rodgers is going to do his thing. Uh, Thirty touchdowns, three interceptions. He's been doing his thing. I don't think that the Patriots defense scares me that much, or should scare the Packers like that. For you know, Aaron Rodgers not to put up those type of numbers. So uh, I think it's going to be a great game. You you know, you're going to see two of the best all-time go at it for the first time. So, you know, history in the making. And, you know, I just say enjoy the game, man. No doubt, no doubt. Yeah, kick back and enjoy because this, this is going to be one for the books, I think. It, it's definitely going to be. Anytime you have two great quarterbacks like that, and, and they'll, they'll and trust me, they'll downplay it and they'll say, well, no, it's not about me trying to beat him. Trust me, they want to beat each other. <laughs> they definitely want to beat each other. Uh, the phone number to call in six four six four seven eight zero three five six. Right now, let's jump back to the phone lines. Let's go to the six man. Our boy Q. Q. What up, man? Yo, what's good, yo? Chilling, what up, man. Here? What's up with you? Just popping. Um, chilling right now. I'm just listening to what y'all talking about, you know. And uh, uh, first of all, we're talking tonight? about. Uh, I want to talk about the Green Bay, New England real quick. Uh, as as B pointed out, I think Patriots are going to run away with this game. Dog. I'm sorry. I don't think it's going to be close. Um, there's no disrespect to Aaron Rodgers. I just don't think the Packers defense is good at all. I just, like, I mean, I think Aaron's going to throw three touchdowns, no doubt. But 
it's going to be 21 points to 34 because I tell you right now, McGarry Blunt, Jonas Gray, Shane Vereen, it's a good little one, two, three punch right there. I like that. I like those odds. Um, I love Jody Nelson. Randall Cobb is cool, but I like Brandon Browner and Darrell Rebus a lot more. And if for some reason, a lot of people, whenever they think of the Patriots, keep forgetting about that. So I think that anyone who's overlooking how good their defense has been and how prolific Tom Brady and Bill Belichick's duo have been together, two of the greatest like football minds ever, mm-hmm. you know, playing together, going in. I think I think it's at Lambeau Field, correct? Yes, it is. Yeah, it's at Lambeau. So I'm gonna I'm gonna definitely uh, I'm gonna definitely pick the Patriots, and it could be a Super Bowl. Um, it could be a Super Bowl uh, preview, but I don't think the Packers coming out to the NFC. But that's for another day. Um, so you don't think, think what's good? Q, you don't you don't think Nelson Nelson can't get Revis or Brian Brian uh, uh, Browner or or Cobb? I say he's going to throw. He's he's, he's going to throw for three touchdowns. I'm not saying that that he will not get them once. But Tom Brady and that offense are going to do more. That's what I'm saying. There's no disrespect to Aaron Rodgers. I just think that the Patriots are too good right now. Like, they're too good. If it looks like a Brady and it sounds like a Brady, then it is a Brady. So I'm not going to bet against it because Tom Brady in this month is ridiculous. Like, like two, as of last week, they've blown out their opponents in the first half which counts, I think, the Chicago game and I think another game after that. They've blown them out, what is, what is it, like 180-something to like 21? It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. And the, and, and the Colts game, you know, just the Patriots are proving to me time and time again that they are the class of the NFL. And until that man, Bill Belichick and Tom Brady, both retire, then that franchise is going nowhere as much as I Cute. Q, don't you think we have this conversation every year? <laughs> we talk about, oh, the Patriots are rolling, the Patriots are rolling. I, you know, we, we it seems like we say this every year, and then something happens in the playoffs, and they end up losing. People seem to forget the Patriots have lost in the playoffs, but it seems like we they've have. Lost, look, 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 they've lost in the playoffs, and we all recognize that, and we all see it, and we all love it when it happens. But the fact of the matter is that they're always in the mix. They're always – they're always going. They're they're at least going to AFC Championship games. There are teams that wish they were relevant enough to lose every yeah. year and 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 in the playoffs. There are teams yeah. that wish they could even sniff a, a championship game. And yeah. the Patriots yeah. lost to two insane New York Giants defensive fronts, incredible defensive fronts. And Tom Brady, the last time I checked, didn't drop that pass. Wes Welker, but you know I ain't gonna talk about that. But I think the Patriots are the class in the NFL, and they're going to beat the Green Bay Packers at home because I don't like what I see from Green Bay's defense. I think they're mediocre. But I do like Aaron Rodgers. I think, he, I think he'll throw for three touchdowns, but I'm still sticking 34-21. I'll tell you what. If, 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 the, if the referees allow the Patriots defensive back to maul Green Bay's receivers and <laughs> right. stars up the field like they do all the time. 
you, you you might got something. But if they let them if they let them play, if they actually let you know the receivers actually run routes, you know, mm-hmm. uh, I, I don't know, I don't know. But that that's what they were doing to uh, that's what they did to Green Bay, like ten fifteen yards up the field. They just smash it on them boys, and and they can't they can't even get open. Now we all know that that, that the Broncos receivers, you know, I mean, we know it's a, they're a little, little, little soft. I don't know if the Green Bay receivers are going to be that. But what I'm saying is that if they allow that physical contact, if they allow the Patriots to get away with that physical contact in this game to help neutralize what the Green Bay Packers do offensively, yeah, you might got something. But if, if they if they call it the way it needs to be called, that, man, they're, they're going to get work, man. <laughs> All right, we're gonna watch that. And um, another point, um, I want to talk about uh, two teams real quick. Just you know, just real briefly, um, two teams that I think one has missed their window to win a championship, okay, and one that is currently missing their window to win the championship, and that is the Atlanta Falcons and the Detroit Lions. Uh. Ah, like, you finally got it. I gotta do it. I I gotta do it. I gotta do it. I gotta do it, son. Like, oh man, can, all right. The Atlanta Falcons to me, which is so sad because they're probably still gonna win the division. But it's it's so sad because the Atlanta Falcons for the last like five years have been in contention. Every year they're going you know, 13 and three, 12 and four, 11 and five. Everyone's like, okay, they're the class of the NFC. They're they're going to go. They're going to challenge them. And what happens? Beat at home, Green Bay, forty-four to twelve. Ridiculous. They go to the Giants. They get beat thirty to two. Ridiculous. And they have Tony Gonzalez, Roddy White, and Julio Jones, and Matt Ryan, which should be at that time about three years ago was like the best offense in the NFL, hands down. And over the years, Mike Smith's coaching mind has just deteriorated into a peanut because if you watch the game against Cleveland, I don't know if anyone saw that timeout. Yeah, yeah. yeah. we saw it. I'm not the only one, all right, because when, when, when he called it, I said, is he getting serious right now? All right, so he's he's messing up. The owner needs to just let him go after the season and restart because they need to have a coach. Atlanta needs a coach who gets physical. Atlanta needs a coach who's, like, they need a hardball in there. And who knows? That could, that could be a spot. But that's enough on Atlanta. They've missed their window. Matt Ryan has regressed. That's a lot to do with his, not his skill, but uh, I think the line is terrible. And plus, he makes some dumb decisions, and that doesn't help either. But I don't think he's a terrible quarterback. He can get better. And Julio is a boss, but, you know, Roddy's on the end of his career soon, so we'll see what happens. And then on to Detroit. Uh-huh. Every year, every year, yeah. Detroit is fool's gold that I will buy every time because mm-hmm. yep. they have Calvin Johnson. They got yep. a, a decent running game. They have yep. an okay defense. Matthew Stafford, when he's, okay. when he's good, when he, when he well before this year they, they were okay, you know like when Matthew Stafford's good, I'm like okay man, he looks like you know top ten quarterback in the league, like top five almost. He looks like his arm strength is crazy, but then you're like okay, I forgot you, I forget you actually have to play the sport because Matthew Stafford, yeah. Matthew Stafford. Before I let people go, 
the thing I think is Detroit is they don't have an offensive mind that knows nope. how to exploit Megatron, Golden Tate, Eric Hebron, nope. and Reggie Bush. And Matthew Stafford's decision making mm-hmm. is shaky to almost like terrible. Almost Jay Cutler level at some times. Mm-hmm. And I think that perhaps maybe in the next, you know, year or two, they're going to have to make some decisions on, oh, yo, what do we do with this Stafford kid if he can't get it done? Because I hate to see people like Adrian Peterson and Calvin Johnson, I, even though I love Stafford, but people like AP and Calvin Johnson are freaks of nature that come around every 20 years in the league. Yeah. And, and in any sport. Yep. And they rot away in places. Yep. And I hate to say it because, you know, shout out Detroit. I've been there a couple of times. Shout out Dylan, you know. And <laughs> I hate to say it, but they just rot in these places where the right. management, the ownership does not care about putting the necessary people they, around yeah. them to succeed. Barry Sa- Remember Barry Sanders? <laughs> Barry Sanders was like, right, I'm going to give you all some years and I'm out. He couldn't man. take it. He, he could not get it. that man a quarterback. Nope. Could not get that man had an okay line. Yo, if you okay. get that man, it wasn't even an okay line. We had a we had a, a, a high school line. <laughs> if you oh, give if you give Barry Sanders the Dallas Cowboys line, oh my good, like I'm talking about Troy Aikman's line. If you give him that line, I'm telling you, he shatters every record that Emmitt Smith ever broke. I'm telling you, because Barry was working magic, and that's what Calvin's doing. Calvin is working magic with the unimaginative play calling that Jim Schwartz yep. gave him and Jim yep. Carl, um, yeah, and Jim Carlos give, giving him. And they need to just get someone in there who understands that Calvin is a treasure of an athlete that you were supposed to accommodate. This is like a, a very right. Ooh, I got to go stop ahead, bro. Here. I got to stop you here. All right, Matt Stafford, I agree with you. What I was going to say was he is a better Jay Cutler. He he is Jay Cutler, but a little bit better. He's not oh, as right. In in terms of the offensive mind, uh, Jim Caldwell, he's the head coach. The offensive coordinator, I, I I always forget his name, but you know he came from under Sean Payton. And a lot of the offensive schemes that they run are the New Orleans Saints, almost to a T. So offensively, they're fine. They're fine. They they still haven't, with Megatron in and out of the lineup, they haven't been able to really get that offensive identity, like game in, game out, like just being an offensive juggernaut. But I also yeah. think that, that a lot falls on, on, on Stafford. And, and, and here's the thing with me. He's a good quarterback. I don't know if he's a championship quarterback. And if I was a Lions, after this year or maybe next year, I'm looking to trade him and see what I can get. And, and, and he, but here's the thing, right? Like, there's always another side to that. It's like, who do you bring in to replace him? Who do you get that is better than Matt Stafford? Because you can go get, you know, um, next year's uh, Mark Sanchez. But is he better than Stafford? And that's the thing. Like, Right. Even if you get rid of him, even if you grab somebody, regardless of whatever you do to try to replace him, is he going to be better than the person you have there now? And and, and that's that's always going to come down to it. That's why I know the, the, the Bears re-signed Jake Cutler, which I, I said it, I disagreed with. But realistically, who are they going to get better? I thought Josh McCown was better, but, you know, for, in, in Detroit, for Detroit, who are they going to get better? The thing is, though, is that I think that, you know, 
Detroit and Chicago are in a very similar situation. They're coming off, you know, new coaches and whatnot. And to me, they have a great wide receiving tandem with a talented mm-hmm. running back. They're literally mirror images of each other at every position. They have a Brandon Marshall. They have, they have a Calvin Johnson. They got a Golden Tate. They got a Alshon Jeffries. They got a Reggie Bush who can be good at times. And it can be great. And sometimes, like last year, like he was toting on Chicago last year. Looking like Barry Sanders. I don't know what happened this year. And then they got Stafford and Cutler. And both, when they're great, look like some of the most talented QBs we've seen in the last 10 years. And when they're terrible, you just have to run the TV back. Like, who was he throwing to? And, you know, that's all I want to say there. Kyle, do we, do we got time for more or do they got to wrap this up? Uh, go well, ahead, go ahead real well, quick, because we, we got a couple calls. Well, go ahead and wrap it up. I mean, go ahead and get your point man. off, though. Go ahead and get your point off. Real quick, real, real quick. I want to say, um, just before I go, about, you know, the whole Ferguson situation. I'm going to make this really quick. I want everyone to know that I support everyone who's protesting out there peacefully and whatnot. And I want people to understand that this case is representative of how black men in America have been treated like animals since the inception of this country. And let's, and, and let's just keep it real. Let's just keep it real. If Aaron Wilson had shot a white kid, it, we, we wouldn't even see it on, on the TV. We wouldn't even see it on the TV because right then and there, the chief would have took his, his, his badge. He would have been gone. Darren Wilson got a paid vacation, got over $300,000 in donations, and he got married. He had a honeymoon, basically. Wow. He had a honeymoon, basically. And that, that is a fact. He had a honeymoon, basically. And my man Mike Brown lay dead in the street. And he should be coming home right now for Thanksgiving. But he's not. Because a system that wasn't even designed for us failed us again. And we continue time and time again to put our faith in something that wasn't even made for us. So here's what you do. You get educated, you get active, you strategize, and you mobilize. And if you are truly caring about change out there to all the people listening, really listen, you have to educate yourself and you have to bring awareness to the people around you because change is a two-way street. And that's my piece for the day. Go make a change. Go read the book. Do something. Hey, there it is. Yeah. Hey, but like I, I don't know if you got a chance to hear it earlier, Q. But like I said, I, I'll be touching on that on my show tomorrow night, man. So if you're not, you got if you got more you want to vent, man, feel free to call in, man. You know how I do nine to eleven tomorrow night uh, on the twelve radio show. All right, man. Y'all have a good day, man. I'll probably see you All tomorrow. Right, Peace. Peace. That was the sixth man. Hey, he's nineteen. <laughs> That's all Crazy. I can say, man. He's nineteen. I promise you, if for as cool and as deep as I thought I was at 19, I wasn't there. Hey, as always, man, we appreciate the six man for calling in, man. We appreciate it for calling in. Uh, let's jump back to the phone lines. Let's go to 773-773. You're on with Dead End Sports. What's your name? Where you calling from? Hey, what's up, guys? It's Jock, man. Jock, man. What's up, man? Hey, hey what's up, Jock? What's up? Um, not much. Uh, on the uh, the. Patriots versus the Packers. Um, okay. I I really hope it's not the Super Bowl preview. I don't want to see the Packers in the Super Bowl. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> yeah, you're a Bears fan, so yeah, you you wouldn't yeah, want to see them there. Nah. Um, I I I I don't think it's gonna be as uh 
I don't think it'll be like a. I think it's gonna be a close game between the, the two for sure because Green Bay has blown out like the last three opponents um, at home pretty convincingly in the Panthers, the Bears, and the Eagles. And I personally think he was a little bitter at that, which is why he's saying that the Patriots gonna win by touchdown. I'd say though that uh, it's gonna be close. It's gonna be like a by a field goal or maybe just a touchdown. I really don't see it being a blowout either way because both teams are really hot right now. Um, also, yeah, I think it could be the Super Bowl preview for sure, but I re- really would like to see uh, how the Pack- if the Packers can really like win a playoff game again because they haven't done that since their Super Bowl run. That's true. Or like other than beating Joe Webb and the Vikings. <laughs> the great Joe Webb. Um, <laughs> he's a wide receiver now too. Yeah, I know. That's crazy. Wow. He, went yeah. from court, he went from being Brett Favre's backup to a wide receiver. Um, uh, also, uh, I'm continued after watching the Bears somehow beat the Bucks despite how bad they played. I continue to be baffled by the uh, the NFC South. Like, because um, I remember going into a. Uh, the year they were saying like, oh, watch out for the NC South. It's gonna be really good. You know, all these teams uh, look like they're gonna be really good this year. And now it doesn't look like any of these teams can reach seven wins. I mean, they all look terrible. Like, I don't, I don't get it anymore with that, with that division. Because you, you were saying you, that you the know what, John, were gonna... you, I looked at the the schedule for for the remain the remaining schedule for these NFC teams. Five and eleven. I mean, yeah, yeah, five five wins is very possible. It's very. I mean, like you, you literally could. I, I think. I think the winner will probably end up with six wins. They'll probably finish six and ten, and that's terrible. And and here's the crazy part about the NFC South winner: they get to host a play a home playoff game. Crazy. Yeah, that really annoys me. It does. Too. <laughs> Same here. But I'm sorry. Go um, ahead. Yeah. One more thing. Uh, Thanksgiving Bears versus the Lions. Hopefully, I won't. The game won't make me lose my appetite by how bad it could be. But I'm um, looking forward to it. And that's about it. Hey, well, as always, game. man, we thank you for calling in. Nah, we peace. definitely appreciate it, brother. All right, next week. Peace. They're going to lose that game, man. They haven't, scored a <laughs> they haven't scored a touchdown in two weeks, man. They kicked Which up, means they kicked they're five. doobie. That means they're doobie. That means they're doobie. No, they kicked five field goals during the last two weeks, dude. Five field goals. Why are we not punching the ball in when we had the ball in the freaking one-yard line against the Patriots? What is wrong? Look, man. Oh, my God. Calvin <laughs> Johnson. Look, let, let me uh, say this. And I, I'll, also, also, too, also, too, man, like, December is scaring me because Lions have not won a game in December since December 24, 2011. That's and we about to head to the month of December, man. This we're talking about the Lions. How many times I got to tell y'all this? Remember y'all was like, "Oh man, six and two. Oh y'all looking good. Go just got finished beating Atlanta." I'm like, man, this is this is the Lions we're talking about. You know your man. team. What, been, what you're basically saying is you know, know your my, team. I know my team. This is this is you know this is nothing new. I, I, I believe you know, and it's funny, in Jim and it's Paul funny. Our last five games, our last five games, three of them are at home on paper. We should easily be ten and six by the end of the season, you know, or eleven and five. You know what I'm saying? But I guarantee you, watch we lose to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Watch we mess around and probably lose to the Vikings. 
And then our last two games are away games at Soldier Field and at Lambeau Field. I don't know about this, man. I would not be shocked if the Lions end up going like 8 8. <laughs> I would not be surprised at all. I mean, at this point, I'm not going to get my emotions too up high and, and invested in this after starting off good like they do uh, numerous times, and they always let me down. I end up being, I end up kicking myself. Believe in Cowboy if you want to. I'll tell you this If they lose this game Ken They're going 8-8 eight eight. If they lose this Thursday They're going 8-8 eight and, eight. and, and, and that's final if they, 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 they have to sweep Chicago We if, if, we got to beat them twice We got to I don't know if it's going to happen But we got to We can't lose this Thursday though We definitely can't lose this Thursday at home If we lose this Thursday at home We're going 8-8 eight eight. We're only going to win one more game Damn no doubt, no doubt. The phone number to call in six four six four seven eight zero three five six again six four six four seven eight zero three three five six. Damn man, we're already an hour in, man. We're already an hour in. Uh let's jump to another question before we jump back to the phone lines. Uh Sunday night, man. Sunday night football, Dallas versus the New York Giants, man. Uh the catch by Odell Beckham Junior. Uh if if you didn't see the game live, you missed a, a treat. Um, a phenomenal catch. I, I wish we had video where we could show it to you right now, but I'm pretty sure you, uh, ESPN is, is shown it a gazillion times, and, and rightfully so. Um, FIFA, I'll start with you, man. Have you seen a better catch in football? All time or this year? Yeah, yeah, all time. Um, I, ooh, I, I, I don't, I don't know if I would say I've seen a better catch, but I, I know that there's a, like, a quite a few catches that are on par with that. Um, but that play, yo, like the way you're running, the way he caught it, because typically when you catch one-handed, you know, it, it, you're kind of facing the ball. You're not like mm-hmm. on your back. And then it kind of goes behind your head, and you still are able to grab it and stop the that complete momentum like that. Um, so it, it, it's a heck of a catch, heck of a catch. Um, some of the catches, um, the player that that's coming to mind right now to me, I think he's very underrated um, in terms of you know making spectacular catches. Is Chris Carter? All of them. And, and look, Chris Carter was not a a, a burner at all. He was the right. definition of a possession receiver. But some of the catches that that man made, that hey, I, I think a lot of his catches are underrated. Um, not taking nothing away from Odell Beckham Jr.'s catch, that, that that's definitely one of the best catches I've ever seen with my two eyes. No doubt, no doubt. What about you, uh, BZ? Uh, have you seen a better catch? Um, ah, I. Uh, I probably have. I just can't think of any, really. I mean, you know, I know. I mean, I mean, Moss has some pretty spectacular one-hand catches, um, you know, in his Viking days. Um, Low-key, and I just thought this, and I don't know if they brought it up because I'm pretty sure they brought it because of that catch, but Gronkowski had a kind of similar catch, actually in traffic and on his off-arm. I, right. I think that's, that's pretty damn impressive. I mean, you know, my man from New York, the dude that was guarding him, he kind of like kind of fell out of the picture, so he was pretty much like by himself. It wasn't like my mm. man from the Cowboys was like draped over him and he made that catch. Like Gronkowski was coming through the middle 
with folks trying to take his head off, and he's going the opposite direction, you know, of the ball. He went, opened up with his left arm and caught it one hand with his left arm, which I believe that's his off arm. It's not even his stronger arm. I don't know. That that That's kind of impressive, too. I mean, I think it's harder. You know what I'm saying? Like, for you to come through the middle, not only you got to focus on someone trying to knock your block off, but you right. you, you making that, you, you extend your arm, making that catch, going away from the ball with your off arm, and then you bring it in. I, I think that's, that takes a lot of concentration, too, as well. And then you just being by yourself, and the, your defender kind of like fall out the picture, and you make the little you know ac- acrobatic athletic catch. It's a fine, it's a great catch, but I don't know that Gronkowski one. When they showed that one, I was like, whoa, wait a minute! I said that that's kind of tough. Like that that's actually really tougher because you got defenders all around you and, and ready to take your block off coming through the middle. So I don't know. I mean, you can argue the Gronkowski catch. I don't know if y'all seen it. If y'all yeah. haven't, like, I'm I'm pretty sure you can YouTube it or look at it or whatever. It, it was that that was a difficult. Case. It was similar to Beckham's, but it was just with 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 defenders and traffic and you going away from the ball and it's your it's not even your 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 uh your strong arm. You know, I think I think he's right handed and he caught that with his left arm. So I, that, that's crazy. So I, you know, like I said, I've seen other. I mean, like I said, I probably have. And I just really sat down and just be like, okay, think about it. But you know, of course. In the media, social media world we living in, you know, I think it's a little like blown out of proportion, but it's still an amazing catch. I am not. Let's get that straight. I'm not saying the catch was all right or or it was average or anything like that. I just think in the social media current that we're living in, I think you know stuff is gonna be blown out of proportion a little bit, just a little bit, just a little bit. No doubt, no doubt. What about you, Ken? Where, where, was that the best catch you've ever seen? Uh yeah, I, I think I'll, I'll go on record as saying no, um, because it, it's hard to remember all of them. But I, you know, kind of like what B was saying, I, I don't want to be caught up, you know, be a prisoner of the moment here. Um, yeah. Look, I, I saw the catch in real time. I was like, oh, okay, that's cool. But I think the the greatness of that catch is in in watching it in slow motion. And and that's when you can appreciate what what he done, you know, what what he was able to do. Because because, I mean, the guy snatched that ball like like he was Spider Man. <laughs> he right. he contorted his body around, reached back, grabbed it, and then snatched it with two fingers, all while falling down. Right. And still maintained pulled down. Yeah, yeah. Uh, heck of a catch, but. We've been watching football for for quite some time, and I would have to go through through some footage to see other catches before I will say that that's the best catch. Because Randy Moss has had some great catches, um, Megatron has had some great catches. You know, I mean, he snatched one over three people before. You know what I'm saying? So I think the athleticism of what Odell Beckham managed to do. And, you know, the, the I guess the freakish nature of how he did it, you know, wild people. But I got to tell you, I think I enjoyed the memes on Twitter more than I enjoyed the catch. <laughs> yeah, the memes on Twitter were funny. <laughs> but it was, it was a, it a meme with, catch, uh, with uh, Odell Beckham Jr. and uh, catching that ball the 50 cent through. No, I didn't see that. Oh, my God. I, I'll send it to you, man. Hilarious. You know what? The one I saw, the one I saw, and this this was 
this was I, I you know what, I'm not gonna even bring it up. It was it was foul though, man. It it was so dirty, man. People have no chill online. Um I, I, I did retweet it. I, I kinda let yeah, but anyway, it was it was foul. But there was the one with the L and uh there was another yeah. one that they had that you know, after the Cowboys lost I thought it was funny. So yeah, the memes were the memes were off the chain, man. People are something else. But best catch of all time, as long as the NFL has been around, come on man. Let, let, let's let's pump the brakes a little bit. Let, let's let's and let's look at some catches, and then before we make that that decision. Personally, I gotta I gotta disagree. Personally, I got and now I'll, I'll go I'll go on record as saying that for me this is the and I'm not being a prison at the moment. This is it for me. This is the best catch I've ever seen, and I'm gonna tell you why. Right. First of all, you you have to consider the, the circumstance and and having played. Receiver, I'm, I'm going to try to break it down as best way I can. Um, the, the way his body was positioned, you, the the one thing that comes to mind is that he did not, and this is where I kind of differ from B and as far as the Gronkowski, Gronkowski catch. Gronkowski actually was able to turn and pivot and see the ball. Odell Beckham Jr. did not see that ball. Like, the, the, the way in which he was running – there comes a point of where the ball, the trajectory of the ball is literally out of your eyesight. And as a receiver, you put your hands up, and I don't want to say you hope for the best or anything like that, but you put your hands up and you're taught to just kind of trust your instincts. You know, and I heard Chris Carter talk about it, and he, he described it well. You, you basically, every pass that you've ever caught, you, you paint pictures. So you, you learn how to catch the balls and you learn how to, your depth perception as well as, well as the trajectory of how, however the ball is, is being thrown. That being said, keep in mind Odell Beckham Jr. was being pulled. There was a pass interference call. So first of all, your equilibrium is off because you're getting pulled down in one direction. Your body's going in a different direction, and he literally just throws his hand up. And he caught the ball with three, with, with two fingers in his thumb. That right there was just like, I've never seen, and, and I, like I said, I'm try, I, I asked myself, was I being a prisoner of the moment? I don't think so. Personally, and I've seen a lot of great catches. And, and like I said, having played the position, I've, you know, just like any other, like a point guard would study, sir, I, I've studied receivers all my life. And I've seen Jerry Rice make some great catches. And and I like what Odell Beckham Jr. said after the game. He said, I hope that this isn't the best catch that I ever have in my career because I plan to make more. Um, and if you saw his – and I, I thought what was ironic was that NBC showed his pregame routine of him making one-handed catches. Now, you don't want to teach kids or teach young men to make one-handed catches. It's just something that, that comes natural. It's hard to do, first and foremost – to pull off a great one-handed catch, you need big hands. And he's got, from what I understand, he's got huge hands. Um, personally, I couldn't pull off like a one, a lot of one-handed catches because my hands aren't as big. Um, but like I said, he never saw the ball. He never saw that. He just basically put his hand up there and was able to snag it. And I think that right there, and the fact that he got it with two, two fingers and a thumb, and he was pulled out of bounds, to me. I say it's the best catch I've ever seen. Now, you know, of course, Cowboy fans say, well, oh, you didn't win the game. It's not about whether or not who won the game or not. Uh, and and I've heard even some Giants fans say that the David Tyree catch over Rodney Harrison in the Super Bowl was the better catch. It was a bigger catch because obviously that helped them win the game. 
but he also used his helmet, you know, to kind of for leverage to keep the ball on top of his head. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, I, I I don't disagree with anybody. Everybody's entitled to their opinion, but for me, or just on a personal note, I've never seen anything like that before in my life. In fact, when when the play happened live. I saw the flag. I never saw the ball come down. So I thought that he dropped the ball. And then when I, when I saw him get up and he had the ball in his hand, I'm like, how did he do that? You know, and, and it wasn't until I saw the replay. But I was I was just literally blown out of my chair, man. I mean, just phenomenal catch. Phenomenal catch. And I think uh, Odell Beckham Jr., man, for as bad as the Giants are and as bad as Eli Manning has looked all season, uh, they got a star. This kid is a star. And, you know, when they get Victor Cruz back next year, um, the Giants should be back in the mix with Philadelphia and Dallas, you know, as far as supremacy in the NFC East. Uh, the phone number to call in, 646-478-0356. Again, 646-478-0356. Let's jump to the phone lines. Let's go to 843. We got my dad on line. Dad, what's up, man? Dad. Oh, Dad. I guess he's chilling. Got to put him back on hold. We'll try him later. Uh, 646-478-0356 is the number to call. Hit us up. Hit us up. Hit us up. Um, Let's jump to the NBA, man. Uh, I was doing some research for the show, trying to get prepared, and uh, something told me, man, hey, you know, because if (laughs) if you watch ESPN, you probably think that the uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers were leading the East as far as the records are concerned. But coming into tonight's action, the best team in the record-wise, the best team in the uh, NBA in the NBA in the Eastern Conference was the uh, Toronto Raptors at twelve and two, and the best team in the Western Conference were the Memphis Grizzlies at twelve and two. Um, so, FIFA, I'll start with you, man. Why are these teams off to such a great start? Continuity. Um, you know, Toronto, they made they made a, a pretty good playoff push last year. Uh, they didn't really add too many different things. It's the same team, same system, same coach, uh, familiarity, chemistry, all of those type of things. And Kyle Lowry, I think he's finally found a home. I think he's always okay. been kind of a baller that never – Yet he fit in anywhere, and I think he's starting to fit in. Um, you know, there's trust on that team. Uh, and then over out west with Memphis, I knew Memphis was going to be good, and I knew that they were going to definitely be a tough out for anybody. Um, this good right now, um, you know, leading the west, I, I, I didn't see that. <clears throat> but, you know, Vince Carter is a big addition there. And, again, same thing like with Toronto, familiarity. They haven't really added too many new pieces. They have uh, an incumbent coach. Uh, you know, your star players right now, they're healthy. And they have their own version of a big three. And, and, and they complement each other. Uh, so, you know, they're just playing really good basketball. And, and those, both of those teams, they have identities. They know what they're – night in, night out, they know where they're going, what they're doing. And if that doesn't work, they'll figure it out because they know that they're going to still, you know, steady the course. Uh, a lot of teams that are struggling this year, there's there's no trust, there's no chemistry, too many new pieces, and or too many injuries. When you look at like Chicago, look look at how many injuries Chicago's already suffered. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, 
But outside of that, man, those two teams, continuity, chemistry, um, familiarity, that's the reason why you're seeing them play the way they are. No doubt, no doubt. What about you, BZ? Uh, why, why do you think these teams have gotten off to – I mean, like, nobody would have guessed the Toronto Raptors and the Memphis Grizzlies. When you, when you think about all the stuff that happened during the offseason, uh, you know, LeBron going home and all of these things, these are the, and, and, and it's early. We will say that much. It is early. But 12-2 and two for both teams out of the gate, first 14 games of the season, I mean, how, how do you think that they've been able to put that together? Um, just, I guess, all, everybody's staying healthy. I mean, I, I, I'm going to say this. I love Memphis, man. Like, I was telling, um, who was I telling? Ken and uh, Rob. I, man, I, I just love Zach Randolph, man. To me, Zach Randolph is, like, one of the last breeds of, like, bruisers in the NBA. Like, we don't, we don't have bruisers in the NBA no more. Like, you know, I used to just have just guys that was just meant to just, you know, put fear in you coming to the hole and coming to the paint. Or whatever, and you know Zach Randolph is not the most athletic guy. Not at <laughs> you know all. he just he bruises, <laughs> he bruises, he bullies people, man. He bullies Blake Griffin every single time they play <laughs> the Clippers. I, I see it every time. Blake Griffin is scared to work in the paint because Zach Randolph is a bruiser. He's a he's Charles Oakley, but with with skill. You know what I'm saying? Like just a bruiser. And I think I really I truly think that Zach Randolph is like, like the last breed of those type of players, like just a loser in the NBA. But, you know, it's just, I think, for to answer your question, it's just healthy. I think everybody is healthy right now for Toronto. They got their whole squad healthy, and people touched on perfectly. I think Kyle Lowry, he, he's found his home. He's found his niche, you know, with, with, with the team he's playing with, you know, coaching and everything. He's, and he's getting better, you know what I'm saying? It's just, I think, and, and uh, uh, DeRozan, um, it's just getting better, you know, and, um, Memphis, people say the same thing. Familiarity, everybody, you know, they, the same core. They pretty much kept that core together for this is what they fourth year together, fourth and fifth year together. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, as far as yeah. that core, so you know, it's just yeah, it's, that core is good. And then, you know, they got a, a good veteran addition in Vince Carter. I think that's going to really, really help them. And you know, people sleep on uh, on Allen, man. Defensively, man, that dude is a problem. He he causes problems. People forget. I mean, even though Durant was still getting his points. But Durant had to work for those points. Every time when Allen was on him, man, Allen was in Durant mug. And, and Durant had to work for his, man. Like, he really made Durant work. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, Memphis. Yeah, I like it. I like Memphis. I really do like Memphis, man. I, I, I really like them. So, shout out to Memphis. No doubt, no doubt. What about you, Ken, man? What, what's your take, man? These two teams, like I said, out of the gate so fast, 12-2. and two. Um, if you look at the standings, I'm gonna read back the standings, and and I hate the, I hate doing the uh, you know seedings and stuff like that. But the top eight teams in the East: Toronto, followed by Washington. Chicago's in there at nine and five coming into this evening. Uh, the Hawks at seven and seven and five. Miami at in the fifth spot. Uh, let's see, Milwaukee at six. Cleveland at seven at six and seven, and then you got Indiana uh, at six and eight. Over in the Western Conference, Memphis is out there with uh, twelve and two. Golden State uh, should be twelve and two because Golden State won tonight. Our boy Steph Curry dropped 
40 points, including eight three-pointers versus the Heat yep. as the Warriors won uh, 114-97. Uh, Portland is out there in the third slot. with They're 11-3. Houston is 11-3. Uh, San Antonio Spurs, the defending champions, are 9-4. and In the fifth spot, uh, Dallas is 10-5. and five. Uh, Sacramento is in the seventh spot at 8-5. And, and even the, the Clippers, Blake Griffin's Clippers, are in the eighth slot at 8-5. and five. So I'll go back to you, Ken. Why do you think these teams have jumped out and, and, and gotten off to such a great start? Well, Memphis was a, a good team two years ago. They just had a lot of injuries. Um, this year they're healthy. And and they were healthy in the playoffs. That's why they gave OKC so many problems. In the, in the first round, um, you know, last year. So I think now they're coming in the season and, and they're they're fully healthy and they're just picking up where they left off. You know, um, I'm looking at this early season schedule and, you know, I, I can't really say they had a cookie-cutter, you know, cookie-cutter schedule. You know, I think they played five, five or six teams with winning records. Uh, New Orleans, um, New Orleans, Sacramento, Houston, Toronto and, and the Clippers, um, you know, all have, have winning records. And, and um, you know, the rest are, are still trying to find a way. But, you know, they're bruisers, man. And, and you know, the NBA right now, they don't, they don't play that style of, of basketball. So when right. you play Memphis, you know, it's, it's physical. It's a grind. They're going to beat you up. And they're going to try – they're going to keep the games uh, low scoring. And you have to be able to execute or you will lose. And what what the game that I think uh kinda set off kinda caught my put them on my radar was how they did they just smashed Houston. Um, you know, when they when they did that to to them and and Dwight Howard did play, you know, I was like, Oh, they, these boys are for real. They just locked right, them right, down. Right. Uh, <laughs> They just locked them down, and, uh, and so and I, they, like, okay. I, I saw that game. They really went at them too. They, I mean, like they didn't pull any punches. They went right at. And did it? Did it look to you like Houston was somewhat intimidated by them? I, I mean, yeah. I mean, you you know what Kobe called Dwight Howard, <laughs> 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 and then oh, and then Kevin Durant called him the same thing. So yeah, man, they 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 are not afraid of Houston. Houston doesn't have much of a bench right now. Uh, they may get better as the season goes along, but right now they don't have a bench. Um, you know, as soon as I saw, I was like, and then they beat Los Angeles, but you can push them around too. So Memphis is the type of team that can push you around, and unless you got some type of toughness to you, you know, you, you're probably going to end up losing the game. Uh, so as long as they stay healthy, they're going to be a problem. Um, you know, as for Toronto, man, uh, I think Lou Williams was a great pickup for them, you know, to be able to bring some offense off the bench because, you know, he's just a starter that, that's coming in and that's going to light you up. And, um, you know, so – and you know what? They were contenders last year as well. So, um, one of you guys said it, continuity, man. These guys have been around each other for a while. So, it's, it's, it's easier for them to just pick up and get off – to uh, to such a hot start, so um, I, I think those are a lot of the things that contribute to to their early successes. Yeah, and I, they I beat think... it. R- real quick. Toronto beat Memphis, by the way. So on top of that, so man, them boys, them boys, for real man, for right now, they're for real. 
Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think FIFO hit hit the nail on the head. Uh, the continuity. I think, especially in the, today's NBA, where there's such high turnover, for as much as you know, people have uh, talked about Cleveland. Um, when you have a team like that, and you have, and and we talked about it, and you'll see it on the video where we shot. And, and I, I, and if and FIFO made a great point last night during the shoot, and I didn't even think about it, like. Cleveland, when you look at a team like Cleveland, their whole, just about the whole team that they have is a new team. So it takes time to learn how to play with guys and things of that nature. But when you're a team like Memphis, where you're bringing back the same guys from, you know, same guys for the last two or three years, maybe even four years for some, that the continuity, I mean, now they have had a you know, head coaching changes two years ago, but outside of that, the core of your team is still together. And then ultimately, man, like you said, they don't teams don't want to bang with these guys. They be be hit the nail on the head. Bruisers like uh you know like like Zebo, man, they don't want to bang with those guys. And then Mark Gasol, he is playing lights out right now. Um I hate talking M V P candidacy early in the season, but I mean, he is really, really shining right now. So when you add all of that together, you got a great combination. Can they sustain it? I don't know that Memphis is a team that necessarily wants to – I don't know that they're concerned about having the best record or having home court advantage. They just want to play good, consistent basketball, and they want to do things their way. And it, they, they kind of remind you like of a, a great defense in, in, in the NFL. Like they force you to play their game. You know, it's not about what you do. It's about what they want you to do, and they, they're going to make you play. You know, like you may come into a game and say, okay, well, let's get up and down the court on them, but – I don't think that that's going to happen against Memphis. You're not going to just go up and down the court on them. You're going to have to play half-court defense, You're going to have to, and they're going to hold the ball, and they're going to bet, throw it into those big guys. And, you know, and those big guys are going to kick it out to guys like Conley and, and, and uh, Tony Allen. So, um, so far, man, they're off to a great start. They are off to a great start. Let's see if they can keep it going. Uh, the phone number to call in, 646 Four seven eight zero three five six again six four six four seven eight zero three five six. I am your host Twelve Kyle, and this is the Twelve not the Twelve Radio Show. Damn, this is Dead End Sports. <laughs> I got, we got too many shows going on. Joined by my partners, Beezy, Fee, Boy, Kid, man, hit us up, hit us up, hit us up. Um, just one of other hey. go ahead, go ahead. Uh, <laughs> you guys see see uh, Tibbs call Rose out? See what? Uh, Thibodeau called Derrick Rose out. Said he got to get out there and play. I did see that. I, I, I saw that. I saw him say that he. For those of you missed it, uh, Tom Thibodeau made comments saying that you know he said that Derrick Rose will be Derrick Rose, but he basically said in order for Derrick Rose to be Derrick Rose, he's going to have to get out there and play. And um, I don't think it was a shot at him personally. Yeah, I don't think it was either. Yeah, I didn't take it oh. as a shot. But I, I, but I was. Thibodeau's uh, not really a guy who plays games in the media, so I don't. I didn't take it as a shot. I didn't take it as a shot. It still uh, sounded uh, kind of weird coming from him. Yeah. I, okay. So let, let's put a pin in this one and, and watch it because we've heard Rose make comments about. Uh, him thinking about himself, which is fine. And I don't know if those comments and their roles playing and then he's not playing and then he's playing. You know, so I don't know, you know, if he's kind of like, yo, man, you like, what you going to do? You going to get out there and play or what? So, uh, but let's just put a pin in this one and, and see what happens. 
because he hasn't been on the court. He's been off and on so far, and he's been hurt, but we'll see. I, I just saw it. I just wanted to bring it up, but uh, it, it's something that I, I watch, and I, I think, you know, I, something I want to kind of keep an eye on because, yeah, I, 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 like you said, he don't play those games. Like, he's he seems like he's a, uh, he shoots straight from the hill. So, mm-hmm. well, we'll exactly. see. We'll see. Yeah, so we'll, we'll see right, how that plays out. Um, speaking of the NBA, uh, we've got – when you look at the, the balance of the uh, – particularly the Southwest Division. Um, the teams in the Southwest Division, San Antonio, Dallas, uh, the aforementioned Memphis, New Orleans, and Houston. Um, thus far, and again, it's early, but thus far all of these teams are playing very well. The, the team that has the quote-unquote worst record is New Orleans at 7-5. and five. Um, So it got me to thinking, man. Can all five of these teams in the Southwest Division make the playoffs? I'll start with you, BZ. Do you think all teams can make the, the playoffs? Yeah, I mean, yeah, they can. I mean, why not? I mean, I think, I think, and I think when we was doing our division, you know, we was talking about teams that's gonna take the division at our NBA preview show. Um, I believe people stated that he was like, um, you know, yeah, I can easily see. All five of these teams, you know, making a push to be in one of the eight teams to be in the playoffs. So, and now, like looking at looking at that division now, and like just like looking at the squads, it could possibly happen. I can definitely see that happening. Seeing five of those squads, all five of those squads getting into the playoffs, it, you know, it'll be kind of tough because, of course, you know, they're in the same division, so a lot of them teams will have to see each other. You know, I think usually a division when you're in your own division, you probably see that team. I want to say four or five times within you know within the year. In the NBA season, so you know they're gonna to have to see each other a lot. But you know if they right. take care of business in, in other conference games and everything like that, and their and their record speaks for itself. You know if, if if all five of those teams are you know fifteen, almost twenty games above five hundred, why not? I mean I can see that. I can well you know I can say twenty. I don't know if North I can if, if if New Orleans make it, I can see them coming in like a eight or a seven feet or something like that. So they might be like. You know, forty nine and thirty three or something like that, or 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 or, or forty seven and something, whatever. But um, yeah, I can easily see five all five of these um, teams being in the playoffs, but from that division alone. No doubt, no doubt. What about you, FIFO? Uh, B, B said you mentioned it before. Do you think all five of these teams could possibly get into the playoffs? Yeah, man. Um, I, I think that's probably probably the toughest division in basketball. Um, I, I definitely think it's possible. <clears throat> definitely think it's possible. Um, they're all playing at a very high level. Um, but you know, just like in any professional sport or any sport in general, um, it, it's it. You know, you got to account for injuries, and injuries is part of it. So it's all yep. about health. It's all about continuity. It's all about, you know, facing that adversity, and, and we're going to see. You know, um, I, I think 12 games, 15 games in is too early to uh, really be able to tell that. But, um, look, look, you, we're talking Grizzlies, Spurs, Rockets, Mavs, Pelicans, and they're all above 500 already. Right. You know, so so, so that's, 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 that's going to be tough, man. Um, the Grizzlies are already an eight and zero in conference, uh, eight and zero at home. So it, look, that, that's gonna be a very tough decision. Um, the West, if I was playing basketball professional, I really wouldn't want to. Play West. 
because I'd be like, look, we can have a great Tuesday night make the playoffs. That 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 that's just tough, man. That's just really tough. And I think and I'm gonna go off to to to, to some a little. I really you break you breaking up a little bit. You breaking up, FIFO. Can y'all hear me better now? Okay, okay now yeah, we got you. Yeah. Okay. Um, I definitely think that it should be the top sixteen teams versus the top eight teams of the West and the top eight teams of the East. Because some of these East teams they don't need to make the playoffs so that way that they can get better by drafting higher in, in, in the lottery. When you look at a team like Phoenix that now will have um Potentially a top ten pick if the Lakers pick doesn't fall in the top five. Like, what if they get pick number seven in another draft? Like, that's not really helping them, you know. So, a, a team like I, I don't even know, but um, just you know, like an Eastern Conference team, if we were going best team teams, they could have that pick, you know, or or something like that. Um, I, I and I think it'll be way more competitive because I think that like out of if it's the top sixteen teams. Making the playoffs, probably about 12 will come out the West. No doubt. No doubt. What, what about you, Ken? How, how do you think this thing shapes up for the five teams in the Southwest Division? Somebody's going to miss the playoffs. Uh, <laughs> you don't think they all five will get in? Nah, man. Uh, and I think it'll be New Orleans. Um, I think they'll they'll definitely improve. They already have. I think they'll they'll continue to get better and 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 um, gel as the season go on. But you know, the only way I see that happening is New Orleans would have to maintain their current pace, and Sacramento or Phoenix would would have to fall off. I think Sacramento or Phoenix would would probably get one of those uh, last you know seven or eight spots because uh, and, and I'm, uh, watch out for Sacramento. Um, that boy Demarcus Cousins. And it is is the truth, man. Um, so watch yes, out sir. for them. I think it was it, they were one of the most uh, perplexing teams for me last year because I looked at that roster and I looked at the talent. And I remember hitting people up and I was like, why are they not better than their record? And um, I can't really remember the, the you know how that conversation went, but uh, what he said made you know made sense to me. But now I think that that talent now is starting to reflect in the W's and L's. You know, on, on you know, uh, you know, in the NBA now, so they're starting to win games, and um, but and because of that, I think they will end up taking a, that last spot or a spot from New Orleans, and we all remember Phoenix. They were also close to making the playoffs right. last, and and they just they just barely missed it. So um, and they're continuing to win games. They they learned a lot from you know their success last year. And they're carrying that into this season. Um, all that said, I think those two teams will ultimately end up taking that spot from New Orleans because I think Memphis, Houston, San Antonio, Dallas will maintain their current pace as long as everybody can manage to stay healthy throughout the, throughout the year. Yeah, I think um, I, I think <laughs> I agree. I think the New Orleans may be the odd team out, which, and I hope that, the, and obviously we have tons and tons of basketball left to play. Um, I don't want to see that because I want to see a kid like Anthony Davis in the playoffs on the big stage, and that way I, I think a lot more people will get a chance to see him play because, you know, they're, they're a small market team. They're not really on TV a lot. 
Um, and I think that, man, we've talked about it at nausea, man. We're going to talk even more about him as the season <laughs> goes on. That, that kid is a hidden gem, and people don't realize how great he's going to be. Um, somebody put him in his next 10, but that's another story for another day. <laughs> that's another story for another day. Um, but and I'll explain I'll explain that joke in a second. Um, but yeah, I, I think uh, I think New Orleans ultimately will be the odd team out. But um, the rest of those teams, man, I, I think everybody else is in. Uh, Houston will definitely get in. Dallas is in. Memphis is definitely in. San Antonio, come on, man, you you know. I think when it's all said and done, I would not be surprised to see San Antonio with the best overall record. Uh, in home court advantage, and I and I don't think that's sh- that's something that they're shooting for. I just think ultimately that's what's going to happen. Um, I just got a tweet from my boy Q, the six man. He said Derrick Rose is out for the rest of the game with tightness in his hamstring. That's what I was laughing at. You know? oh, I, <laughs> I, I just saw it pop up on my phone. And I was like, we just talked about that, and he is out again. Yeah, Q, Q just injuries tweeted injuries, it to me, can't, man. You can't control it. It's just it's unfortunate. You can't control, you know, when you get hurt. But, um, uh, man, I, I, yeah, poor, poor Derrick Rose. I mean, but is is this what we is this what we're going to be subject to? Yep. I, I think so. I, I think so, man. He, he just, I, I think he's just injury prone. You know, and and I, I don't know what it is. The body, it, the body is just it, it just does that. Some people just have a tendency to have those those type of careers where they they just can't stay healthy and on the field. And he just had one of those injuries that may have, you know, put stress on other parts of his body, and maybe his no body is just jacked. You know, yeah, yeah. Same thing with look look at Dwayne Wade. He he's missed seven games. <laughs> And that's my boy. He spent seven games with the, with the same problem, a hamstring tear. You know, not a oh my gosh, hamstring. And he, hey, you know, so have have we have we done a show where Ken hasn't mentioned Dwayne Wade, guys? <laughs> I don't even know. That's a good question. That's a great question. I, I, I think Ken mentioned D Wade on the NFL preview show, man. <laughs> <laughs> He was talking about the Miami Dolphins. He's like, yeah, you know, uh, Dwayne Wade came to the Miami Dolphins practice the other day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I'm messing with you. But, yeah, oh, man, that's crazy, man. I mean, like, and, and, and trust me, uh, I, I like Derrick Rose. I think Derrick Rose is, I think he, and we talked about it, uh, especially on our, on our top uh, top five point guards videos. I think Derrick Rose, man, is, is a great talent. I mean, this guy's a former league MVP. And I said it, and I say unequivocally, if he stays healthy, they win the East. I don't think there's any doubt in my mind that they win the East. But he's got to stay healthy, man. Dang, I mean, you can't make the club in the tub. Nah. They better be lucky they got Jimmy Butler. And Jimmy Butler's playing out of his mind, too. Um, Damn, okay. Uh, (laughs) 646-646. 478-0356 Four seven eight zero three five six is the phone number to call. Six four six four seven eight zero three five six. Uh let's jump into some college football, man. Um right now, man, it, everything is 
obviously last week and, and this week coming up right here, a lot of big rivalries. We've got uh, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, uh, and, and more importantly, probably the biggest, well, I don't want to say the biggest rivalry, one of the biggest rivalries in college football, the Iron Bowl, uh, Auburn versus Alabama, the history, the tradition. Uh, there's a lot on the line. Auburn is pretty much out of it being in the running for the uh, playoffs, uh, but they've still got a shot at, you know, at least at the very least, taking out Alabama. Um, but as far as the playoff system, as you all know, we, we have a, a playoff system now. It's no longer the BCS. Uh, there's a committee that actually decides who will go where and, and how it will be seated. Um, the committee has come under some scrutiny because uh, Florida State, you look at a team like Florida State, who is undefeated, yet they are third, ranked third, and the two teams above them uh, have losses. And Florida State is still undefeated. Now, Florida State, if you go by the quote-unquote eye test, Florida State has you know struggled in some games. Uh, but it got me to thinking, man, what are you more in favor of? Are you in favor of the committee making this decision or the computers deciding who gets to play? B, I'll start first with you. Are you in favor of the committee making the vote or the computers making the vote? Uh. I, I mean, I guess just for this year, the committee, because what, what, we've been going with the computers for the last, what, decades, right? With the BCS mm-hmm. stuff, yeah. right? Yeah. So, I mean, and then we were, people were complaining about the computers, so, I mean, why not go with the committee? I can understand the Florida State argument because people are like, well, you know, here are the guys that are returning champions. They won 27 straight games. They're undefeated. They beat every team that you put in front of them. Yet, you know, you got them ranked number three or number four when you got these, you know, one-loss teams ahead of them. You know, of course, you can go based on, you know, strength of schedule or whatever. But, I mean, Florida State has beat every single team that they have. That they, they can't, what, wasn't they preseason number one? It was preseason number one. Mm-hmm. Yep. They beat every, they, they, they beat everyone that they put in front of them. And, you know, you know, I mean, you can argue that. But I just say, let's stick with the committee. I mean, because... As I mean, from the past, for what I've been seeing for the past couple of decades, people have been complaining like crazy and whining and crying over some computers. So, you know, I mean, what y'all want to get the computers back now? I mean, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's just like, come on. I mean, I, I just say let's just go to the committee. You know, if we can, now if we complain about a committee for another 10, 15, 20 years, then okay, yeah, think of another idea. But as of right now. Let's just stick with the committee because you always cry baby about the dang old BCS computers and all that stuff. So let's just stick with that. Okay, okay. What about you, Ken? Uh, are you in favor of the committee making the decision or do you want to go back to computers making the decision? I like the committee, man. Um, I, I think there has to be a certain human element to it to, uh, because, like I said, it looks weird on paper when you look at Florida State, under, you know, being undefeated, yet they're third, uh, ranked third by the committee. But I can't argue against that because they they look bad. I think they're winning by the fact by off of experience alone and James Winston, you know, and and some extremely lucky breaks. But let's just be real. This this team. This team does not look like the dominant Florida State team we saw last year, nor what we expected to see this year. 
and they don't seem to have that match that FSU had last year, um, and they're not dominating their team. And they've trailed in multiple games. They've been behind in multiple games, but thanks to Winston, they've managed to come back. And you could argue that number one teams know how to come back and win games, but the fact of the matter is if I put them against uh, Alabama, I – I don't know if they win, they will win that game. Or Oregon. They may not win that game either. They may beat Oregon, because I don't know mm-hmm. if I really believe Oregon. But, uh, you know, they may not even beat the State. And I think the State kind of has some flaws offensively uh, at times. But they play Alabama so So um, I like the committee because the committee kind of takes all of that into account, including some of the teams that, you know, including stress of schedule. So, um, you know, a conference. So, I'm okay with the committee, man. I think for me, I would like to get expanded beyond four games, four teams to eight. Because I think okay. that one eight, you have quality teams that will make for a very interesting playoff system. Do you think at eight, and I've heard several people uh, say that they would like an 18 playoff, logistically, do you think you could pull it off within that time frame between Christmas and you know, New Year's and, and, and kids going back to school or what have you, because basically I guess if you use an 18 playoff, you're talking about another week of football, correct? Yeah, yeah, because I think you're, yeah, yeah, cause, yeah, yeah, you probably will be looking at another week of football. Um, I don't know. I think you have to shuffle things around. I think they'll, they will find a way to make it work, and I think as long as the money right. They'll, they'll be okay with that. And we get asked to week of football. I don't think we'll complain. Now, how that rolls, how that fits into the, the academic schedules of the, the schools themselves, you know, I'm not sure. But um, outside of that, man, if, if that money, if this playoff system kicks in a lot, brings in a lot of money, I, 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 I think we'll see an expansion. I think it would be good to kind of see that. But, um, but nevertheless, man, I'm, I'm cool with what we have now. Because I think that these guys will will make the correct decision when when it's all said and done, and it's only the first year. No doubt, no doubt. What about you, FIFO? Are you in favor of the committee making the decision, or the computers deciding who gets to play? Um, I like the committee. I think that there needs to be a human element. Um, you know, there's certain things like it's just not all stats, and that's what the computer can do. The computer is not watching a game objectively. It, it's taking strength of schedule. It's taking uh, point differential. It's taking all of these different factors and then deciding what the best team is and who should be there. I, I, I think that that is cool to kind of get like a, like a baseline as to where teams should be. But then, you know, there should be a human element to be like, well, yeah, this team has the, the best strength of schedule and, you know, X, Y, Z. But, you know, different factors, man, like, like the eye test is, is undeniable. We can look at a, at a team and be like, well, they deserve to be here or not. Just, you know, kind of looking at Florida State. If, 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 if this was solely based on the computers, would Florida State still be in the top five? Mm-hmm. You know, with with them always being down, not having a a, a, a very hard uh, the schedule, and, and only beating teams, you know, not really blowing teams out. So with with, with 
be top five. I look, they are top five in terms of talent and all of that. I don't think so. Top five, tell me. But guess what? They won a championship last year. They're undefeated. And if you win a national championship, you should get the opportunity. You don't lose to compete for another one. And right. without the committee, I don't think that that would be possible. So I, I'm hundred percent behind the committee. Yeah, I, I'm. I, I'm. I'm cool with the committee as well. Uh, I, but I, I, I guess what I do, and I try not to be biased. You guys know I'm a Florida State fan. I try not to be biased. But at the end of the day, the objective is to win, and Florida State has done nothing but win. Have they? Has it been impressive? No, it hasn't been impressive. Some of these games, as a Florida State fan, they've had me on the edge of my seat. You know, about to throw something at the TV, especially that Notre Dame game. That being said, um, you know, Alabama and Oregon are ranked ahead of them. Now, ultimately, it's, it's, it's going to play out because, you know, they're, they're taking the top four teams. But I would like to see if if that's the case. then, And, and it could come down to a, a logistics thing because let's say Florida State finishes fourth and they, they're still undefeated, but they let's say they finish fourth. And fourth means that they would have to go to – Pasadena to the Rose Bowl to play as opposed to playing at the Sugar Bowl where it's a lot closer and they're close for their fans, so forth and so on. And, I, and, and no, it, it makes it does make a difference as opposed to you know going out west as opposed to playing a little closer to home. Um, that being said, I think the committee, so far I think they're on the right track. I think they're getting things done. I would just like to, I, I just personally have a slight issue with the number one team being <laughs> the the only undefeated team being ranked third because even with the computers, you know, because you don't get points for style points. You know, it, it's about a win or a loss. You know, if you and I and I understood why a few weeks ago when uh, Mississippi State lost and they only dropped down from one to four. I get it. They lost to a you know another top ranked team. I, that's I don't have a problem with that. I don't have a problem with Alabama being second. But my thing is, if you're undefeated, then you should be number one. Um, and what's going to happen is is that where, where it's going to cause chaos in, in the future is when you have these teams, like let's say, for instance, if TCU was undefeated. If you have multiple undefeated teams, you could have a situation where you have four undefeated teams, but then let's say one of the SEC teams like Alabama or LSU, who has a stronger schedule, May have one loss and they're in the mix over an undefeated team and people are going to you know the people are going to cry about it. So that's where I think it's going to be. It's, it worked out this year because there's only one undefeated team so far in Florida State. And to be honest, I don't know you know how much it, it's going to be interesting to see once they have to play against better competition. Like Ken said, they Florida State ha- at times have has played down to their competition. Um, so it's definitely going to be interesting to see how it goes. Uh, as we move forward, uh, the phone number to call in six four six four seven eight zero three five six again six four six four seven eight zero three five six. You are locked in to the place where sports opinions collide. Dead end sports. I'm your host Twelve Kyle, joined by my partners Beezy, Ken, and Fifo. Hit us up. Make sure that you tell a friend. Pass the word. Make sure that you check out our YouTube channel, YouTube.com backslash. Dead End Sports. Check out our website, deadendsports.com. Follow us on all social media outlets, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, you name it, we're there. Place where sports opinions collide. Um, 
Next question I have for you guys. Uh, Dallas Cowboys. Cowboys got a huge win this past weekend over the Giants. Um, they're rolling. The Cowboys still have uh, games to play against the Philadelphia Eagles. They will be playing the Eagles uh, this Thursday on Thanksgiving Day at home. Uh, traditional Thanksgiving Day game. They will be playing against the Eagles, and they play the Eagles again in another two weeks. Um, and now, much as, as <laughs> has been made about Dallas and their playoff struggles and their lack of success over the past, uh, I don't know, 15, 16, 17 years. Uh, <laughs> so I'll start with you first, people, man. When it comes to this Cowboys team, put them in the playoffs. question I have is, do you trust this Cowboys team in the playoffs? I trust this Cowboys team in the playoffs more than any other Cowboys team led by Tony Romo. Uh, okay. But I still feel exactly the same about Tony. Um, when it comes down to it, and in the biggest game, you need a play or a series. Is he going to come through? I like Tony. I think he's a hell of a quarterback. Uh, I think he's definitely top eight quarterback, top ten most definitely. <laughs> but, but when it's all, when you need that drive, and he hasn't thrown an interception all day, he looks flawless. Is he is, is he going to finish the game that way? And that's where my question still lies in the biggest of games. Can he pull it out? Not in any just regular season game. Not even just in a big regular In the biggest game. Can he pull it out? That's my question. I don't know. That is unanswered, but I'll put it to you like this. Out of any other Cowboys team I have seen with Tony Romo, this is the one this is the one team I trust the most. But I, I don't I don't I don't know. I, I have to see it, man. I have to see it. No doubt, no doubt. What about you, B man? This Cowboys team, man, do you trust them? Uh, I only trust them if they stick with the running game and trust that offensive line. Because <laughs> you know we've seen in the past, you know, couple years what they what they haven't been doing, running the ball, and now they finally they've been successful this season because they have a good offensive line and they're running the ball. They use Demarco Murray. He's been like the top notch back in their field season. And I mean, yeah, I trust them if they stick with their game plan and still. You know, stick to the stick to Demarco Murray and open up that passing game. You got Dez Bryant, so I say yeah, just like people. This is probably the most you know trusted Cowboys team that I've seen because they're running the ball. They're actually using Demarco Murray as better. So you know, yeah, I, I would say yeah, I trust them this season. What about you, Ken? Playoffs right around the corner, man. Uh, Cowboys traditionally uh, start tapering off in December, and then January the wheels fall off. Do you trust this Cowboys team? Um, man, look, uh, I'm starting to see some slippage. And uh, there's been a few games where it looked like they were ready to just uh, start airing it out. And I'll give them credit. They have managed to remain consistent. And um, they kind of, they they were about to air it out, and then they kind of got back to the running game. Um, I would like to believe that they would continue to do that. But I think if they panic at any given moment, you're going to see Tony Romo with the ball. And, you know, at this year, told us, um, you know, in, in big games, we all know what happens. 
Um, so I think they have the element. I think they have everything that they need uh, foundationally to win. The running game, you know, the defense that's making plays when they need it, and Tony Romo making plays when he needs to make plays. Um, can they stick to that? I'm not sure. And December will tell us what we need to know because that's when they have a tendency to fall apart. So we will see. Yeah, I, all biases aside, I mean, anybody knows me knows that I hate the Cowboys. I hate them with a passion. I hope they go 0-16 every year. Uh, <laughs> but all biases aside, to answer the question, um, I actually trust this Cowboys team. Um, I think that this Cowboys team, if they do like what you just said, if they keep the ball on the ground, I trust the team. I don't trust Tony Romo. Not in a big moment. Not when it counts. Not when all the money's on the line. I don't trust him. Um, I think they've got a stud running back in DeMarco Murray. Uh, keep feeding him the rock. They have to do exactly what they did uh, the other night against the Giants. Um, you saw when, when, when they needed – I mean, Romo made a couple of passes, but for the most part, that, that second half and going back and forth, it was really about the ground game, man. They've got some big guys up front. Feed Murray and, and, and let him turn it out and, and let him do his thing. I don't think that you – I don't think you can go wrong by running the ball. Um, <laughs> Q said, I trust him as much as black people trusted Ronald Reagan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, but, but, yeah, I, 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 I think uh, I think that's going to be the formula for them, for them to have any type of success. That's what's going to have to happen. Um, if it doesn't happen, then you know it's they're going to be it's going to be huge, huge problems for them. And you know it, the memes will be coming out <laughs> if Romo fails in the playoffs. Um, we get notification that we got about ninety seconds left, man. Got to thank everybody for tuning in. Uh, shout out to everybody who called. Uh, if you did not get a chance, make sure that you check out. We just posted a video. Uh, I know it's up on the Dead End Hip Hop channel. Uh, boy, Mike Seatown, uh, his famous layup last night at our Dead End Sports shoot. Man, shout out to Mike for coming through, man. And, and make sure that you check that out. Check, Be on the lookout for our videos to drop uh, this week as well, as well as Dead End Hip Hop. Support all Dead End stuff. Um, programming note, like I've mentioned earlier, if you want to talk Ferguson, uh, my show, the 12 Radio Show, right here on Blog Talk Radio tomorrow night. We're talking about it for two hours. Uh, call call me up, man. Anything you want to get off your chest, we're going to talk about it all night long. I um, want to thank everybody for tuning in as you do each and every Tuesday night. Remember, this show is being broadcast live. In the event you miss any parts of tonight's show, make sure that you check out the archives at blogtalkradio.com backslash deadendsports. Um, make sure that you check it out on Stitcher as well as iTunes. Uh, that's going to do it for this week. So for FIFO, for Beasy, for Ken, I'm your host, 12 Kyle. We'll holler at you guys next week. You guys have a great Thanksgiving. Peace. Peace. No justice, no peace. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> oh, man, that is funny. <laughs>